Hello and welcome to Show Love. I'm Bronwyn Murphy. One person reaching out to another person in need is what we're all about. It's important to keep talking to each other and everyone needs a bit of help sometimes, as my next guest has recognised in someone recently. We all need to take responsibility for ourselves and deal with the damage that has been done to us. But human connection and good friendship makes it less of a struggle. So I'm joined by the lovely Kerry Katona, who reached out to Daniela Westbrook on the television show Loose Women recently, saying you're not alone and don't suffer in silence. They both later appeared on the show together to talk about their battles with mental health and drug addiction. Kerry says, we've lost so many people to suicide, mental health battles and addictions. It's taken me 10 years to get to this point. So Kerry, please tell me what happened on the show. Hello, everybody, by the way. So lovely to see you. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, Well, I don't know if you saw, the week before I was on there with Loose Women and I reached out to Daniela. And I think it's taken me on a personal journey of 10 years to get myself in a situation where I'm learning to fall in love with me, which I think is so important When people have got addiction or um, bankruptcy or divorce or custody battles or any kind of issue, rather than going into another relationship and bringing all that baggage with you, it always ends up on the floor, you know. So now I'm learning to love me and I can't explain and tell you enough how amazing I'm feeling right now. You look amazing. Well, I know. (laughs) It's a shame we've not got a camera. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm taking something away from the listeners. (laughs) You need to see this thing. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But I feel the best I felt in 37 years. Now, you've known me for for 20 years, yeah. since the beginning of Atomic Kitten. Yeah. And as, as I'm sure some of your listeners have seen, heard my ups and my downs. And this, I have no intentions of ever falling again. I'm not saying I, I won't, because I don't know what's around the car, but I now know I've never felt this amazing in my life and I'm reaching out to so many other people because I want them to feel how I feel and that it's achievable it is achievable hello look at me I mean I'm I think you can see it in my eyes in my skin and I've had a cup of tea so I look a bit sweaty actually at the minute so that when people say I'm glowing it's a bit of sweat um I'm feeling I'm feeling on top of the world so you say to get to this point, you had to get to your lowest point to realise. what? Where was that lowest point? I think my lowest, lowest point was when I was married to my second husband. I've had that many, I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, it was definitely my second husband. And now I'm 37, I can look back and I can, I can see the domino effect of what triggered what, and that triggered this, and that triggered that. And how, how this is how I, how I see it. It was me and Brian, you know, Victoria and David Beckham of, yeah. of our era, the 90s, you know, Tommy Kitten Westlife, the world at my feet, the wanker left me, <laughs> <laughs> the tough spot. Uh, and, and that, I mean, it wasn't a happy marriage, we was babies, but I brought so many issues to that marriage from my childhood yeah. as well. Um, I didn't know who my dad was, I was an only child, my mum was a self-armour, first time I saw my mum was like, I was three. That went up until I was 17. She used to take um, a lot of medication and try to kill herself. She gave me my first drug when I was 14. I got put in foster home when I was 13. Her fella told us he was Freddy Krueger and I pulled a knife out of my mum's leg and she chose him over me. And next thing, bam, I'm famous. Wow. You know, I got put into a semi-independence home when I was 16. I had three sets of foster parents, four refuges, eight different skills. But I was always smiling. Yeah. And... 
a lot of people go, bloody hell, she's had it hard. I didn't know any different. For me, it was like, oh God, you know, when, every time my mum used to wrist, I bandage it up. It was what, like, how many times did that happen? Well, the first, my first memories, actually, my mum with blood all over wrist. Um, for the listeners who are listening, I've actually got Molly and Lily on my, on my wrist because when I went to rehab and I've also went to Oxford University, not studying obviously because he won't let me in. <laughs> I went to do some talks there. And I did a bit of studying on bipolar as well, whether it was DNA or is it genetic? And I, I kind of thought, well, if it is something that's genetic, I kind of got, I've never self-harmed. I've never tried to hurt myself. I thought I'd have to be a very, very selfish person to cut through my children's names. And that's where I think my low self-esteem started from at such an early age that my mum wanted to try and kill herself because I didn't think, I didn't feel worthy. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel worthy enough. It's only now at this age that I realise all this, that I'm in this right, good frame of mind. I was going with that, yeah. So then I think when Brian left me, I was in England, he was my nightshine armour, you know. I was doing all the drugs and all that kind of stuff. He came to my mum's, like, one-bedroom council flat that we was living in. Took me over to Ireland. Ah, amazing. Now, when I was younger, I didn't want to be rich and famous. I wanted to be a mum and a wife. I craved that family. I was an only child, you know. Yeah. I had no one to rely on. I never lived with me mum. And you took all of that stuff that had happened, I, married somebody famous, famous you yeah, were famous. famous. And it was like, you know, and I had so many issues myself. For instance, I remember when Molly was born... And then, no, we have Lily, actually. We're in this mansion of a house in Port Marnock. Absolutely beautiful. And Lily used to sleep... I've never actually said this before. Uh, on air. Uh, <laughs> and Lily used to sleep in it in our, in our bedroom in her car, which I wouldn't want to have sex because my daughter was in the room. Mm. That played a massive part on yeah. our relationship as well because we're both young. Yeah. I met Brian when I was 18, had Molly when I was 20, I mean, you married 20. at 21. Yeah. You know, so when Brian left me... I felt a failure as a wife and as a mum that, oh my God, my kids have got a broken home. This is not what I wanted. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what to do. And what happened then? What did well, you I do? I had to move back over to England. There's no way I was going to stay in Ireland with Brian's family and all his friends. There was nothing there for me. And um, moved over to England. I didn't get a chance to grieve because it was, I've never experienced press like it in my life. Yeah. Man, it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Honest to God. It, all this banging in the background, by the way, it's just my little girl wrecking Bronwyn's house. <laughs> That's it. Smash that. Good girl. Um, it, it was crazy. And my mum at that time was the worst mum I have ever known. She was horrid. And my mum will admit this. That there would be like... 50, 60 paparazzis outside my mum's house in this house that I bought her. But who can cope with that anyway when yeah, you haven't had that before? But it, I'm, my mum's like, oh, I can't handle this. And I was like, oh, you all right, Sue? You all right, Sue? And I'd be like, mum, I'm so sorry about all this. And so I didn't get a chance to grieve what yeah, I was going through. After her. And then I met my mum's drug dealer, Mark, and married him. <laughs> And that was and that was my lowest point. I think yeah. I think the drugs for me was my lowest. Even though, don't get me wrong, and a lot of people listening to this who haven't done drugs, for me that was normal doing drugs. The yeah. first time I took drugs, I was fourteen with my mum. I was only allowed to see me supervised visits with my mum, but I used to sneak off and go see her. And she was a lesbian at this point because when I was born, bro, I went right. This is really got to screw your head up, right? So when I was born, I called this guy dad for two years. And his dad was my granddad. But my mum left my dad for my granddad. So my dad became my brother, and my granddad became my dad, who she married, and then left him for a woman. 
Blimey. Yeah. And everyone wonders why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> but seriously, like, what got you your see mind? Steven Spielberg can't write this shit. I know, right? This is the next thing. You'll yeah. have to make a big move. Yeah. So, uh, but why do you think your mum was doing all that stuff? My mum had the most horrendous, horrendous childhood. And then didn't deal with it. Yeah, she it? didn't deal with it. You know, she was left in an alley at six weeks. You oh. know, so she was raped. She, she had an awful, awful, she was in a children's Mom. home. Yes, sweetheart. Let me go look there. In a minute. Trying, if you want to go upstairs, you can go upstairs now, darling. But let me just do this. Be quiet one second. Oh. Do you want me to put you up for adoption? <laughs> no, my, and so the circle continues. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that—that's it. It is—it's—it's um, it's a cycle. Yeah. And I continued that cycle. Now, fortunately, touch wood. When I was doing the drugs, everyone knew about it yeah. except my children. They'd never witnessed anything. They'd never seen anything. You know, lucky enough, I had lots of money. I was able to hide it with nannies, and uh, that doesn't justify it in the slightest. But in a way, I'm blessed by that by thinking, well, they've never seen anything. So when Molly and Lily was nine, Molly was nine, Lily was eight, I did a TV show called Kerry's Trying to Come and Clean. I moved down to Surrey, got rid of my address book, left Mark Croft. Moved 500 miles away, because they say, if you lie down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. So when I left Ireland, moved back to England, it was like it was like flies around shit with me, yeah. bro. When people, oh, jumping on the bandwagon. And I was trying to buy my mum's love and affection. I came home once and I had a 10 grand Coke bill, which was my mum's. <laughs> you know, let me make it clear, she's not like that anymore. I think since I... So t- your mum's dealt with her. Yeah, she hasn't... She, I mean, if my mum was listening to this now, she'd have issues. Oh, you know, why have you got to talk about this 25... Because, Mum, this is my truth. This is my story. And I think so many people get... They're too ashamed to talk about it. They're too embarrassed to talk about it. I mean, everything I've done has been public. And, Kerry, you are helping so many people. And this is why I'm talking about it. And this is what I keep telling my mum. I said, look... Look at your story. You can hide and look it. where you are yeah. now. Stop hiding. My mum keeps hiding in her own guilt yeah. that she gave her daughter drugs at 14. Yeah. I can't imagine. Imagine me saying to my Lily, yeah, Lil's fancy line. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But let me go back to the drug part as well. If my mum hadn't given me drugs, I'm sure somebody who I was hanging out with would have given me drugs anyway. In the rock and roll lifestyle. And that's what it was. And that wasn't in the industry. That mm. was before I was famous. Yeah. You know, we'd all go out, we get, and this is, this is how normal it was for me. Let's get a bag of speed and then we'll go to a nightclub of the world and we'll pop a few pills it we were just partying too hard because that's what well that's what i thought people did yeah. obviously people don't do that people who who didn't do drugs to me were snobs yeah you know and in my eyes I think you get to a certain point yeah all right kids enjoy yourself you know get and and now the people from warrington they're still doing that and i think Grow up. Well, there will be loads of people yeah. doing that. And yeah. they still do it now, and it's something that's going to carry on and carry on. But for me, it got to a certain point that it was like, right, not only was I grieving from Brian leaving me, I jumped into a relationship because I thought, I need to fix this. You know, I, I need to get married again. Now, the night before Mark proposed to me, I was actually on the phone in the Comrade Hotel in Chelsea, um, in the bathroom, on the phone to Brian, going, please, please take me back. Please, we've got two... No, I'm in love with Delta. Mark turned up the next day. Will you marry me? Yeah, okay. 
Because you thought that would I just, help. I wasn't, it wasn't like I was in love with Mark. Yeah. It was just... But I think I did fall in love with Mark. I'm not... I'm, and there's another thing what people need to learn to do as well is accept responsibility of your own actions. No one forced me to do anything. Obviously, the circumstances and the peers and the pressure didn't help me. But I'm not going to sit and blame my mum. I'm not going to sit and blame my childhood. I'm not going to sit and blame Mark. I'm not going to sit and blame the accountant who stole all my money and now got put into jail. I trusted these people, and it's as soon as you take responsibility for your own actions, you can move on. Yeah. Rather than me sitting here going, I hate Mark, I hate my mum, they did this to me, oh, poor me, Brian fell in love with somebody else. You know what, at the end of the day, people fall in love with people, and it can't be helped, and at times it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget actually watching uh, The Life of Brian. The, the documentary he did, and it showed Delta and him meeting for the very first time, and I just got out rehab. We separated, obviously. Oh, that must have been hard. Oh, I just I thought that, you know what, even watching the chemistry between those two, there was nothing I could have done. No. Nothing I could have done. Yeah. I sat there and I thought, wow, phew, I felt the electricity. And I was in, in my mum's house watching it on the telly. And where were you at that point? I just got out of rehab and I was um, still really heartbroken. God, it's getting me quite emotional. I was like thinking, God, Lord, I, you, you could see, I mean, she was like, she was all over him anyway then. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marriage man, you You're, you're not going to let me put this out. <laughs> you can put it out on his card. I'm, I'm one of these. If my story helps, yeah. then... And this is another thing. I'm sure if Brian heard it, why do you keep going on about it? Because this is my truth. Yeah. This is my truth. you as well. well yes. Why not? You're not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. No, I'm not embarrassed. Exactly. And a lot of people want to know where, my, my, where it all went wrong for me. Obviously, when I met Brian, he was my knight and shine now, and now I just meet a totter and Tim Foyle, and it goes nowhere, um, and moved me to Ireland. And then, now, before Brian came along, I was doing the drugs with me mum and my friends and going to nightclubs and popping pills. That was the norm, you know, and it was great. I'll be yeah. honest, I had a fucking great time at times. It was, I loved it. But if you didn't have these lows, you wouldn't have reached where you exactly. were Exactly. So. My, my lowest was with Mark. Yeah. I was so unhappy in an unhappy relationship, and I didn't want to be doing drugs. And, and you said... I wasn't an addict. I wasn't... Uh, people think I was an addict. I was, I was doing a lot of drugs mm. because I was unhappy. When you say a lot of drugs, what are you talking about? A binge. Yeah. A binge on days. I could, like, it, as soon as you have your first line... You're chasing it. Yeah. You're chasing it and chasing it to a point that your body becomes so irrita- irritated and, you know, you start hearing the birds tweeting. You think, oh, fucking hell, I've done it again, you know. And, I mean, this is ten years ago yeah. now. Don't get me wrong, there were times I, I loved it. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, oh, I have a great time, I've had a line of cold call. Because there is these shitloads of people who still do drugs. and But eventually it catches up on you. Eventually right? it catches up. But yeah. it got to a certain point when I was doing the drugs, I was doing it, I was so unhappy. Yeah. And I was I was snorting and snorting and snorting, just wanting Mark to go, stop, enough. Yeah. I love you too much to see you do this to yourself. Do you think you wanted somebody to take that, charge of you? Exactly. Yeah. That, and it was never going to happen. And it got to a certain point, I wasn't even enjoying it. I remember sitting with my mum, like a Coke, <laughs> and a driver pulled up and I was on my way to boot camp, to G.I.J. boot camp. And I remember sitting there going, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I, like, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't even want to be in this body, in this skin. I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. I went to boot camp for two weeks and I've never looked back. Really? Exercise. So you said you said I've had an inner strength always. Yes. I have always. Uh, I think as well, um, 
I'm a pleaser as well, Bronwyn. And I think because of the circle of friends I had at that time, who was all drug takers, and I also wanted to prove that I hadn't changed because I was famous. Yeah. These are the people... Are you not, still friends with any of those? Not really, no, no, no. no. Obviously, it's me The leeches yeah, and the ants no. and whatever Well, I cut ten, 10 years... You lie down with dogs, you get fleas. Yeah. 10 years ago... I moved down south. I'll never move back up north, ever. Not that up north is a bad place. I'm proud to be a northerner. Um, it's just, I'm happy down here. I'm doing it on my own. And now, and the reason why I'm here, you asked me to come here, and I've come here not just to do this for you, but also for me to reach out to make a nice support network for me, which is so important, people. So important. At one point when I was living with my third husband, I know, keep up, count, one, two, three, I've had them all. <laughs> Um, and he left. I kind of brought him back after, I'm sure you all read the papers, there was an assault, I got beat up, I dropped the charges, I didn't want to be in a courtroom saying the things that he did to me or in front of the kids or, it, you know, OK Magazine was going to be there. Mirror, I just didn't want to do it. But I'm a stronger person now. Yeah. I'm back on that route again. And I brought him back because I was lonely. And I thought I'd rather get a good idea. And sit on my own. And there's a lot of lonely people out there. With Loneliness is a killer. And you wouldn't advise that though, right? Absolutely. Loneliness is... When I think about... Majority of the things that I actually did back in the day was because I was lonely. Yeah. And I wanted companionship or company, but it was the wrong fucking companionship yeah. and it was the wrong company. And what I'm going to say to you now, loneliness is, I think, one of the biggest killers in mental health. So what do you do about it? You reach out. Yeah. Go knock on your neighbour's door. That's it. Hi, how are you? Right, I'm not being funny, right? My Lily said to me, Mum, why can't you go make some friends? This was last year. I said, Lily, I can't just go and... Stand on corner and say, "Can you be my friend?" But you can go out and meet friends. You can. I, and I, I took her advice and yeah. thought, you know what? My kids don't want to move. We've moved around a hell of a lot. I need to make a stand. Another thing that I noticed that I've always done is run. Yeah. Move house. Start fresh. I'm going nowhere. Yeah. I'm staying. Because you still take the same stuff with you. Exactly. Yeah. It's all carried on with you. So I'm staying where I am. I'm going through custody at the minute. I'm going through divorce. I've got a normalisation order. I've got so much going on, but I'm staying put because it's all going to come with me wherever it is I go. And now I've made friends with my neighbours. I'm making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say something? How good's your mum? She's going to be a motivational speaker. She's going to do this and help international. loads of people. I mean, my, I remember this day, I am going to be the most successful international woman speaker. And sometimes you sort of, you look back now, and because you've been through so much, like you oh, said, the, the, you know, the divorces, the children, single mum, I was actually drugs. considering being a lawyer at one point because I went to court that often. <laughs> thought well I don't need to do any coursework I know what's going on <laughs> come on carry on but you so. can help so many people yeah. of all, all different walks of life bankruptcy divorces mental health it's like this morning interview that was 10 years ago my career has struggled and thankfully now I mean it took me a long time I was very angry at one point with with tv and and production companies because you know it, it's taken the royal family and then a, a skype call with lady gaga for people to pay attention. Not the fact Kerry Katona is on national television slurring her words because of my bipolar medication. Yeah. I have shoved enough crap up my nose, popped a few E's, done all this, drank till the cows come home. That was my bipolar medication. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not being funny. Every time I've had a line of coke, I've always been... Bang on it, you yeah. clued up, you're sharp. I've yeah. my bipolar medication. And what annoyed me about that was... 
Kerry, your speech is a bit slow. Are you okay? So, well, I took my medication late last night because I've got bipolar. Are you drunk? Not, oh, what medication is it you on? Can you explain to us what bipolar is, please? Yeah. But do you know how much you helped people that have got bipolar? Well, that's just why I'm by here. doing that, just by that moment. But happening. that moment did, but it also destroyed me. And the way that was handled made me go off the rails even more so, yeah. I think. because So you'd already started getting better then, and then you went off the No, rails no, I don't think I was completely. No, I was. Oh, DJ, stop, please. I hadn't been to boot camp at that point. Yeah. I literally went to boot camp, came home within three days kick Mark out of the house. Right. And within a space of four weeks, move down south. Like that. Yeah. I think you've got to get to your lowest. So what did you what did you do? What do you think was the thing that started you off being, you know, where you are now? I I, I mean, I've, uh, the last ten years, it, it has been a journey and I was single for four years before I got with George and I've noticed that when I'm single, I'm the best. Yeah. In everything. Like now. <laughs> but I am, it, it, I wouldn't... Because you're loving you, looking after you. I'm starting to love me. And I'm not going to sit here, Bronwyn, and go, oh, I've got everything under control. I'm an amazing mum. I've got this, I've got that. I'm learning. I've got five kids. So you've got a handle on it now? I have got a handle yeah. on it. I mean, I've got five kids. I don't even like kids. <laughs> I've got five kids. I've this got, one's all right. Yeah, well, it should do. <laughs> And the days I get up in the morning, I think, I can't do it today. Yeah. But I've got it because I've got no one else to rely on. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Because if you don't ask for help, you've got to get swallowed up into this big, massive hole of... Like, it's like a, a bottomless pit and you just... You know, it's like a world... I was being He's yeah. been in a whirlwind of darkness and you, you're being flushed down like a toilet of blackness and you, just reach out and go, look, I need some help. My house so, is so a mess. So we're promoting Keep Talking. Who did you talk to? Who did I talk to? I've actually just started talking to... Um, it, it started off with just normal people. Yeah. Silly little things. Normal people are the best. You know what I started doing? Um, doing these um, celebrity Mommy. boots. Celebrity just made that up. I've been doing these football matches. Mommy. And I thought, I'm just going to go and turn up. Because Mom. I also... DJ, one Mommy. second, sweetheart. Do you want to go upstairs? DJ, you have to stop one minute because mum is no, working. No, I just set my name. All right. Oh. Um, now, I, I, I suffer with anxiety and panic attacks, not as much anymore. But one of them was like just going out and doing something because of who I am as well. I think, oh, God, everyone's looking at me, everyone's judging me, and oh, what, what do I do? I just took that first step, go out. You know what the biggest thing that always helps me? And... It was about five, six weeks ago, my son went to him on his first girl trip for a week to PGL to Isle of Wight. And he was gone for a week. I didn't realise how it was going to affect me. I did not move off that couch for a week. Because you missed him? I, my family. I, I know Molly doesn't live with us anymore, but Molly's older. So I was used to her going away and coming back. But it was really weird how it affected me, and I went so down, I was crying. So even now I have my down days. Yeah. The biggest thing that I, that really helps is taking that step out the front door and just going for a 15-minute walk. Right. So the exercise, you say, is a big thing. No, when I say exercise, I don't mean go in the gym for an hour, you know, making all those sex noises. <laughs> you know, I do yoga at home. I've got a smart TV. Yeah? You know, you can get up on your phone, on an app. And I do 15, 20 minutes of yoga in the morning. Girlfriend, I've got I've got um, Ashdown Forest behind me. Amazing. So I can go for a walk with a dog and 
Which dog you ask? Not none of the husbands. <laughs> Is that funny, baby? Um, little things like that. And I, I have a habit. I'm not sure how anyone else feels that when I am on a low, I tend to cut myself off. Right. Which is the worst thing to do. It is the worst thing to do. But fortunately for me, I know my triggers. Mm. But I also know my tools. And I've been off my medication a year in June. A year next month. Ah, oh, well done to me. Yay. Not that I suggest that to anybody. Please seek advice from your GP. I did do it with my doctor. Um, so it was something I wanted to do myself personally. So you've got no medication. No. You know your triggers. Yeah. And then you go But I still have my load. So I'm still monitoring and diarying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> monitoring my mood swings because when you've got bipolar you're either all or nothing there's no in between I've never seen you on nothing I only see you on all well that's the thing well I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit ADHD as well it's a spectrum of you know it's so, such a fine line between all these labels that they've got now in the mental health world um, I definitely do think I'm ADHD. I'm dyslexic, and most people who are dyslexic, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning myself. I'm educating myself yeah. every day. I'm learning something new about me every single day. But that's great because then you can go and tell everyone. Yeah, yeah, and you'll help these people. Well, like, so if there's anyone here now, desperate, alone, mm. what advice would you give them? Pick the phone up. Yeah, pick the, it doesn't matter who you're ringing. Or pick, talk to anyone. You know, what? go to the shop and buy yourself a pint of milk. Yeah, and talk to the guy who's serving you. It's amazing, the, the, the interaction with another person, what it can actually do for your mind, your soul and your human body. It, human connection. It's, yeah. it's huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. That it, yeah, I can't express it enough. It, the connection is huge. And have you made new friends? Made so many new friends. So many new friends. And my Lily said to me, because we go to football and I've started making a nice group of friends at DJ's preschool and... You know, the skills, and I invited two of the friends, the woman who does me Botox, yes or no, shocking. <laughs> um, and one of Max's other friends, Carrie, brought me to football. I'm like, why are you inviting us? So I want to make a nice little group for me as well. So I think it's really important that, you, you know, I mean, I keep my circle small. Yeah. I think it's important. I think you can only count one. Circle of trust. Circle of trust. I mean, my bestest friend in the whole world is Danielle Brown. I also do a thing called Herbal Life, which has been a massive thing for me as well. Now, also, food. Yeah. Food does affect your mood. Yeah. Massively. If you sit every single night with a bottle of wine, eating a shitty takeaway, you're going to feel shitty. Yeah. It's not rocket science. No. A nice leafy green salad with chicken and Caesar dressing and... Oh, Something that's good you know, you. And uh, it makes you look like that. It, yes, it does. But for me, I think what what's made me lose so much weight is cutting out the drink. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of people out there who will be listening. It all starts off with a glass of wine at night after work. What oh, deserve this? You had a battle with that as well, didn't you? Not so much. I think it went hand in hand with the drugs. Yeah. Because you drink, the drugs keep you sober. Yeah. So you carry on drinking, and then when I ran out of drugs, I'd get up in the morning and have a drink yeah. just to keep that buzz alive because. Obviously, you know, you get the sweats and you kind of, you take anything just to try and keep that momentum going. It's awful, horrible, horrible, horrible feeling. Don't get me wrong, I'll have a drink now. Yeah. I don't drink at home. But you, again, you've got a handle of it. So you yeah, know. I mean, I don't drink at home because I'm on my own. So I don't see the point. I've got to get up every morning to do school runs. I want to, I want to start my day off great. Well, you say I'm in a healthy and positive, a positive place. Yeah, definitely. That's where you are. As soon as my feet touch that floor in the morning, the devil goes, oh shit, she's up. <laughs> 
<laughs> have you got a routine? So you go for a walk. Yeah, and I get yoga. not right now. I've noticed my body clock is starting to change a little bit because I'm all over the place. I'm now I'm a massive manifester. I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in I believe in. I mean, I've got my moonstone on that I've been given the holistic boot camps, and I, I've met two wonderful people. I believe in all the hypno and. I'm such a believer in all that. So at the minute, I'm trying to manifest getting a nice cleaner and a little bit of childcare to come into my life. But my routine in the morning is I get up, 20 minutes of yoga, try and do a clean downstairs. Got I've got a big house. Yeah. Catherine's been. It's not small. Yeah. It's the smallest house I've lived in, but it's to do it all on my own. And you've got four kids running around the place. It's a nightmare. Sometimes I think, why do I bother? Let me tell you this. I've got to tell you this, right? So you, you know what I did? This is how scruffy my kids are. I got an A4 piece of paper, like this paper here. I put it on the first three steps. It's three floors, right? It's a big-ass house, yeah. right? I think it's almost 4,000 square feet, right? Right. Put a piece of paper on the third... Now, you open the door. There's my stairs. Five days! Five bloody days that A4 piece of paper stayed on them stairs and the kids walked over it every... Dead. Was this a test to just yes. say that? They, yeah. So I didn't for five days. I didn't Hoover. I did no washing. I'm really regretting it because I'm so trying to catch up with everything <laughs> now. Nothing got done. I have to tell you that story. <laughs> sorry. It really winds me up. You five days to help you. Five days. Well, every time they come home, Mum, we stop moaning. Well, help me, help this. This. But the point is, you're doing it on your own. Yeah, and you're and doing such a thing, great job. I think, you know what? There's five of us in this house. Mm. Lily, I know you've got GCSEs, but it doesn't stop me putting a cup in the dishwasher. No, it, <laughs> but that's teenagers. Come on, oh, I live with two teenagers. It's They're a same. nightmare. It is a nightmare. You're going to be a teenager one day. But again, there might be teenagers listening to this who are going through their own stuff. One hundred percent. I mean, I got diagnosed with bipolar when I was twenty-five. Now, from a really young age, at 14, luckily, I had a backbone. Now, I, I did a talk at a rehabilitation centre a few weeks ago. As to speak, I'm very proud of myself. You know, that, I, that was my first speaking thing. And there was a woman in the audience who was um, taking notes. There's children out there who are 14 who are going through exactly what I went through at 14. And they have no... They don't know which way to turn. Yeah. I was born with a gift of strength. Yeah. And I am a survivor. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. You can knock me down, but I will keep fucking getting back up again. Well, I'm you telling know? you, that's why you... What, this has all happened to you, so you can go and help others. This is my calling. Yeah. There's a reason why I've been through what I've been through. I was given a gift, Bronwyn. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And I'm not I'm not sad about my, my poor life. I'm always smiling. I'm always... Yeah. It is what it is, and it's happened. But that's for me... It's not that easy for a lot of people. It can affect them mentally, emotionally, in so many different ways. I mean, there was abuse, all kinds of crap, but I've just carried on. I don't know how I've done it, and I have, and I sometimes question myself, thinking, where have I got this strength from? You know, and it's well, a gift. thank God you have. Well, I mean, exactly. you're really, really I'm here to, and I'm here to help other people yeah. that you're not alone. And you helped Daniela as well. How is she? She's, She's amazing. I've had, I've not spoken to Daniela today because I've been, I've literally got off a flight, uh, got out, I landed, and a son Kai, who I've kept in touch with, I normally ring Daniela up and sing a song on a voice clip. Oh, that's adorable. You know, good morning, good morning, you know, the sun's shining, Daniela, I've got your girl, you know, get out there, go for a walk, you know, and Daniela knows her too and she knows the triggers and Daniela she's admitted that she is still using and uh, and I think that was amazing that she admitted that on yeah. TV 
So I don't know where that's going to go with the the actual show, but I also want to make sure that at least women give her the right aftercare because I, I kind of thought, I'm going, you can't just put all this on me. Mm. I, as much as I want to help her, you can't. It's all a great story, coverage and all that. And it's like, but she needs the right aftercare as yeah. well. Obviously, I'm going to ring every day. I'll, I'll go meet her. Well, having that is a massive support. Anyway. Yeah, 100%. And she's reached out, and that's yeah, the point. Exactly. Yeah. It needs to be applauded. Yeah. She's definitely. reached out, people. Reach out. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. This can be the most amazing life. You decide on how you feel. It's your choice. Only you can change how you want to live. For some people, I get it. When I was at my lowest, people go to me, get up and get over yourself and go for a walk. It's as severe for somebody with depression saying to somebody in a wheelchair, get up and walk. But we are saying get up and, and yes. walk. So it's like it's, you've got to do it in your own time. You when you're got, ready, you've you got have, to get low. Now, if I was on this morning slurring my words with my limb missing or I had acid burns all over my face slurring, people go, oh. Yeah, because they could see. Oh, see that. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's in my head, it's, it's, it's visual that people can understand because they can't see it and I'll never forget my doctor and my psychiatrist many I had I kept them in business for a while um, <laughs> said to me let the public know you've had a drink problem let the public know you've been abused let the public know you've had drug problems don't let them know you've got a mental health issue I said why I said because they won't understand it because, because that's they what can't we've got to change exactly well hello yes, exactly. I'm here exactly yeah, yeah and it is it, I think don't suffer in silence the no. amount of also men. Men's a big one for me, I think, because you have to be this alpha male yeah. and this a tendency of being, I'm strong, I've not got emotions, I don't feel it, so I, my, it makes me, well, every time I think of it, Robin Williams. Yeah. And it's amazing. been quite a lot. And this, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We've got Dale Winton, we had Byrne, you know, mm. little mini-me. And I was with him four weeks before he died. Yeah. Yeah. And you're getting great form. It goes to show you don't know what's going on no, in somebody really else's heart. And this is this is another thing I want to bring into it. Stop fucking judging everybody. Yeah. Stop judging people when you haven't got a clue what's going on in the sympathize, empathize, ask, understand. Yeah. Try and understand. Ask how you're feeling. You know what? Walk out today and be kind to somebody yeah. and, and watch how it makes you feel as a person. Well, we're all blagging it and, you know, we're all just trying to make the best of it, really, aren't we? We are. Yeah. But don't keep up with the Joneses. No. Because they're not To beds. compare is to despair. 100%. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Keep up with the Joneses. It, it's like, who are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Be you. Be you. That's what makes us all unique and different. And we love you for being you. I, I'm, a, I'm just a crackpot. <laughs> But I'm proud to be crackpot. Exactly. Good luck with going out and talking to oh, everybody. Well, I hope it helps. It, you, you're going to help so many people. I really do. Honestly, I thank you so. so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Kerry for being so wonderfully open, honest and inspiring. Please keep talking. It really does help. That's it for now. Love you for listening. And don't forget to show love. Thank you to Ollie Trevors for Saucy Naughty Rubbish and Danny Wright for staying in. Both great recording artists now on tour. Check them out. Thank you to Alex McArdle for his sound expertise. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Show Love UK. Started and then it all too. 
Procrastination, self-stimulation, instant gratification. I'm self-medicating, therapist recommending more meditating. Wasted education, I need more admiration. And I, I don't wanna bother with today. I pretty much missed it anyway. Might as well stay. Stadium, my name carved in the pavement. 